0: to burning daylight the only podcast for the working cowboy well howdy there daylight burners welcome back to another riveting episode i got for you today uh we're gonna go a little more in the political world and um and i'm talking to to a city fella and uh don't don't run away he's a he's a really cool guy he's really interesting i've heard him through a lot of the libertarian podcast he uh was a Twice ran for governor of New York, I believe, on the Libertarian ticket, and quite honestly had some of the better ideas, more intriguing, compelling ideas for, uh, the, the age-old question that us Libertarians get asked, uh, who will build the roads, and, um, um, you may have seen him on on Joe Rogan as well, uh, I, I'd listened to him several times before before he went on, on Rogan, but, um really interesting guy got to meet him in person at freedom fest there in memphis and um glad to have you on the burning daylight podcast larry
1: uh thank you for having me in fact we use burning daylight in the marine corps too when i was yeah. in the marine corps we we'd be like yeah we got to get some stuff done with burning daylight absolutely yep. we use that phrase often
0: yes <laughs> it's it's the classic old rancher cow boss uh tyrant of a farmer that way that uh that all all rural people worked for whether it be their dad grandpa or just you know the boss um yeah right yeah get your ass in gear
1: you'd be amazed how many marines particularly back in the day when i joined how many came from rural areas i remember one of the things i i learned being a city kid is when i went out to when i went to boot camp i met people who i would have never met before like i met people who didn't wear shoes like mm-hmm. they didn't mind being outside without their shoes on. I'm um, from the city. You don't go outside without your shoes on. Like you, you, don't, you don't do that. That's not a go, thing you do, right? You don't do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, and you very rarely wear. Like you don't want to wear sandals down the streets of New York either. I mean, it's uh, exactly
1: yes. It's kind of gross. So, <laughs> absolutely. I rem- I remember, um, you know, joining the Marine Corps was one of my first times meeting people who weren't like me, which was very great. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that tremendously. It was very good. And crossing so, New York State. As you said, as I ran for governor twice, I met, you know, I'm, I always liked upstate New York because when I was a kid, that's where my family and I would go to kind of, you know, go fishing or we go Mm -hmm. up there to go a mountain to go, you know, to sit out there in a camper or something. Or we drove, for those who don't know New York state, it's a very wide state that has Niagara Falls on one side and New York City on the other, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to go to Niagara Falls, you drive across the entire state, right? We have the Finger Lakes. We have a lot of, uh. A lot of wealthy people who live in New York City have a second home or used to, not as much now, used to have a second home someplace upstate New York for, for their vacation home because the state upstate is so beautiful.
0: Well, and it's got a that upstate area has got a, you know, you've got a, a rich agricultural tradition, but you also have like an arts, like a thriving arts community. You know, um, the band made their home up in upstate New York. Um
1: there are two two parts of upstate when it comes to that, right? The Hudson Valley, which is like right above New York City. That mm-hmm. is just arts like there's no tomorrow. arts, antiques, uh music festivals, Woodstock mm-hmm. was there, right everything you could, that's uh, that's the Hudson Valley as you go straight up from New York City. But then when you head out towards the west, that's farmland like you know tomorrow. New York has historically, and I mean for the past two to three hundred years been good on three things: finance. Farming, innovation, and Mm -hmm. we have blown all three of those away. We are screwing it up like there's no tomorrow. We're losing our finance to Miami and San Francisco. We're losing our farming because we're destroying all small farmers. And Mm -hmm. and Instead, we're using the big farmers, buying stuff up. We even screwed up our cannabis legalization to screw over small farmers, and our innovation's gone because we're throwing out anything new. We don't want anything new. We only want old money in New York. And it's just not working anymore. Innovation is going to else, also heavily to Texas, believe it or not. Texas is taking a lot of innovation. Um, some, mm-hmm. some Florida, um, but heavily Texas is taking our innovation or worse. Other countries are even taking yeah. our innovation. Used to be Eastern um, Europe until the Russia Ukraine war. That slowed that down. But now also Israel, massive mm-hmm. innovation. Um, so <laughs> you're, you're finding a lot of it over there.
0: It's, uh, it's interesting how, how you, you, you speak of uh, going overseas, uh, and the Western U.S. Uh, really, the the Western U.S. has had a had a hard time with water since the very beginning. Uh, yes, it's just a, it's a very scarce resource. But each state set up laws that were pretty good on defining water rights, usage, and um, you know, it was it was it's always hard to project that in the future with uh with a natural yeah, resource because weather is very fickle um but we have an, a situation where you know say vegas and and phoenix in particular huge metropolitan areas right in the middle of a damn desert <laughs> you know like yes. where people are, are typically not supposed to live and, and innovation true. made yep. it possible which is awesome but once you hit the boundaries of a finite resource such as water um you know there there's only one thing that can happen and that's where people eventually move out because you can't you can't build if you don't have water to... well,
1: well let me let me bring up two different issues here one of them is when it comes to water the east doesn't understand this at all because we have tons of water in the east mm-hmm. tons of it yeah rain yeah, great so... lots of rivers lots of lakes we do water is usually not our problem here sometimes fresh water Getting into certain areas sometimes is, and that's often because of our screw-ups of an infrastructure. But mm-hmm. amount of water, we're good in the East, right? I think yeah. we're good in the East. But there's something someone told me many years ago, which I never forgot. He said, if you have unlimited water, you have unlimited energy. If you mm-hmm. have unlimited energy, you have unlimited water. They go together. Yeah. So why do I bring this up? Because we are screwing up in this country by not adopting nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. nuclear energy would absolutely allow for us to have clean fresh water nuclear mm-hmm. energy desalination plants nuclear yeah. energy creating um, a plants that take water out of the atmosphere i mean you could create you could create water if you use one of the best energy sources we have on the planet which is nuclear energy and mm-hmm. we're not using it and in reality it'll take time obviously it's not it's not a tomorrow fix but it yeah. is a fix for our water problem. Imagine if you could put a desalination plant, two or three of them in California. Oh, it'd five or six of them in California. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. It would solve California's water problem. And if you'd solve California's water problem, you would really help out almost everybody else's water problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure what happened with my camera here, but I'll. Uh, um, can you you can still hear me? OK,
1: I hear you, but I think your camera is being used by some other app.
2: Yeah,
0: it looks like uh, I'm not sure. Did what somebody call
1: there. you or something, or someone did something like that.
2: Uh,
0: I I think it just uh, it glitched out on me, so I'm gonna restart it.
1: I have the show to myself now. Yes, if you create nuclear power, you can absolutely create desalination plants and or other types of factories that can pull even water out of the atmosphere in theory or even transfer water. We have tons of water here in the East. Imagine if a nuclear power plant that could just pump the water to the West. It would matter. It, you could also do it that way, either way. So without question, more energy will solve the water problems, but we don't want to do it. Why? Government intervention, worries and concerns, not in my backyard. All of those things are the problems that we have. But if we if we instead realize, wait a minute, we have to use what's called Gen Four nuclear energy. Gen Four is a special type of nuclear energy that, in reality, there is literally zero chance of a meltdown. No chance of a yeah. meltdown whatsoever. That's the better type of nuclear energy. It's Gen Four nuclear energy.
0: Well, and and kind of, I guess, tying back to the to uh, one of my points and the way they've screwed it up is rather than nuclear energy and and taking water from the ocean and whatnot no instead they they uh like there's a company that's owned exclusively by saudi arabia that's growing alfalfa in the desert sucking the water table dry and then exporting <clears throat> the alfalfa to feed saudi arabian dairy cows in saudi arabia and you're just like yep that is it's so dumb it's so dumb yep. and, and it, it becomes it's and it's because of all the the ties between the saudis and our government that's one of it's one thing where cr- Trump supporters really don't want to, uh, they try not to, to pay attention to the Saudi connection. Like that guy made a lot of money off of Saudi Arabia. and
1: Yeah, but, there, but there's an issue that most people don't get. Why every single president kisses the Saudis butt, right? Mm-hmm. It's not because they like the Saudis. That's not the issue, right? That's not yeah. the reason. The reason is the petrodollar. But mm-hmm. like that's the reason. The reason is the Saudis have agreed to sell their, their oil, which is the most in the, in, the, in the world right now, using dollars, which means mm-hmm. other people have to buy dollars and dollars become the reserve currency. So yep. we keep kissing their butt so we can keep our fiat currency floating. That's, yep, that's the reason exactly why. Right. And, we, and we'd rather not invade Saudi Arabia, which would have to be our only other option. Mm-hmm. right? And we don't want to go do that. That would be a big problem. So we yeah. just kiss their butt, give them what they want. They keep forcing people to buy dollars and this keeps floating our our massive debt. That's just our massive Ponzi scheme that is our dollar.
0: Yeah. And if we were to invade Saudi Arabia, I can't even imagine what the mess would be after that. Like Terrible Israel idea. might Israel might not exist afterwards, you know, like it's uh, it would be it'd be bad.
1: Israel's fine. Israel I'm not worried about Israel. Why are you worried about Israel? Israel has the biggest economy in the Middle East. It has the biggest military in the Middle East. It's one of the most stable countries in the Middle East. And it's got nuclear weapons. Israel will be That's fine. That's true.
0: That's true. I, I'm not I'm just I'm not worried about Israel personally. I'm just thinking I'm just trying to like how all those chips would, would fall if we invaded Saudi Arabia. Because I, I can't imagine that it would just nothing be nothing but bad be a, a, it, it, it couldn't be just a, a strictly a US Saudi deal no there all those other neighboring countries are going to they're going to join one way or the other and it's going to be if a mess if we
1: had to invade Saudi Arabia if that was uh, please i hope i'm not giving anyone ideas it would be a horrible idea let's not do but if we ever did that's the end of america and i mean that because our economy would immediately collapse we would lose mm-hmm. the petrodollar Every single Muslim country in the world would say, how dare you attack our holy land of Mecca? Mm-hmm. So you'd have, every, you'd, have, you'd have every Muslim country in the world against us with the exception yep. of maybe the – probably even the Iranians. And they probably. hate the Saudis. Maybe yeah. even them, right? So we'd have yeah. no allies anywhere. Oh, my God, it would be terrible. I mean nothing but bad. This is why we don't want to do it. So not that I want us to kiss the Saudis, but I think the petrodollars is a bad idea. But I, I'm just saying I understand why they do it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I understand why, even though I disagree.
0: Yeah, no, 100 percent. But it's uh, it, it it's it's pretty wild how how thick that corruption is across the yes. board with with the Saudis. Yes. And and yeah, under the system that we live in, it's kind of necessary because, like you said, and, you can't. And
1: most people don't get it. Right. And that's that's the hardest part. Now, whether you I'm going to use four different presidents. So whatever your left right bias of any listener might be, you'll get it. Look at the last Mm -hmm. four presidents, not including Biden. Look at um, Trump, Obama, Mm -hmm. Bush, and Clinton. Now you have two Democrats and two Republicans in those four. Both cases, when it came to Trump and Obama, left and right, both of them struggled their first year, their first years, right? Trump's policies, and some of his, I don't know if you don't like Trump, I'm just saying his foreign policies were not bad foreign policies. But all of them were delayed by at least one or two years. Mm -hmm. Obama, all of his stuff was also delayed one or two years. But look at someone like Bush and Clinton. Again, left and right. Both of them had very good first terms. Why? Bush and Clinton were both governors. They already knew how the system worked. They walked Mm -hmm. into the the presidency, understanding the system. Obama and Trump were not governors. They didn't know how this worked. They walked in thinking, okay, I can do things. And the deep state said, no, nah, no, nah, son, that's not how this works.
0: Yeah, we're exactly. A deep
1: state. Let me explain some things to you. Let me, let me explain a couple things to you. And what happened is it delayed all of them in getting their things off the ground. Because now you walk in, the deep state says, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought I was right. Everyone in the deep state is telling me that I'm wrong. Huh. You begin to doubt yourself, change your system, mm-hmm. change your plans. Now, that's why I say that if you look at Trump and Obama, both of their first years were slowed. Obama's, um, Obama's plans didn't go how he planned it. Neither did Trump's.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, it, it turns out like you, uh, as much as you want a guy that that's completely outside the system, you still want that guy to know how the system works. Uh, or at least you want
1: them to understand that the deep state's a real thing. Right. And most people still to this day think the deep state's not a real thing. When you say yep. it, they're like, well, no, come on. That's not. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a, there are literally tens of thousands of people who are making their living, who are paying their bills, who are making their entire life based upon the deep state. They're yep. not just going to walk away from that, right? What right. we're talking about, and this is kind of national news, but we're talking about this. I'll, I'll, I'll stay in this world if you want. People ask me, Larry, how do you end the military industrial complex? How do you stop? All the bombing and all of the war hawks. And I said, you have to realize something. The military industrial complex isn't innately evil. It's innately Mm -hmm. apathetic. It doesn't care. The complex wants to sell high equipment at a good Mm -hmm. price to make money. If that equipment happens to kill people, okay. If it doesn't, also okay. They don't care if it kills people. They don't care if it bonds people. Just they just want you crank to buy up. it. Bingo, they just want you to buy it. So how do you stop it? You can't go, we're going to shut down all the bases. And No, no. You're going to wind up the CIA's and decide that you don't like your life that much all of a sudden.
3: That's
0: <laughs> yeah, what's going to not- happen.
1: Right? JFK, I'm not even joking.
0: Right, right before he got assassinated, I don't know how like, – how- the timeline exactly was before but before he got assassinated is between the bay of pigs and and the bullet he he said i wanted to smash the cia into a thousand pieces and scatter yep. it into the wind and uh well yep. yeah turn turns out he didn't like his life that much either
1: that's exactly right so how do you fix that while still keeping staying above ground how do you do mm-hmm. that right well you can and it's a thing that's actually non-libertarian which makes some libertarians upset but mm-hmm. there's a part that's libertarian, a part that's not. Let me give you the, the libertarian part. The first thing you do is as you begin to stop all the hot wars, you do a second thing. Every single country that we are right now embargoing or sanctioning, we lift all the embargoes and all the sanctions to, mm-hmm. all of them. So anyone can now trade and or purchase or buy or you then take the military industrial complex contractors and you give them a two to three to five, depending on how you negotiate, sweet right of first refusal deals for uh, contracts in those countries. That mm-hmm. is not libertarian at all. That's not free market. That no. is not free market. I'm, and I'm being open. That's not free market. <laughs> However, these military con- uh, contractors, they don't know how to compete because they don't now. They mm-hmm. just buy up politicians at whatever price they want. They sell what they want to an, uh, ongoing wars. So they're not going to all of a sudden lose those billions of dollars. Okay. Here's a five-year, three year, whatever deal where you can make a bunch of money in these countries before everybody else can. And then we'll compete afterwards. We'll compete years later. You'll get the right of first refusal. You'll get the you'll get the first, you know, start, you get an advantage in these countries. That is mm-hmm. not libertarian. That is not free market, but it's the only way I can see of shutting down a military industrial complex because these companies don't want to or not want to kill people. They want yeah. to sell stuff at a high profit. If I right. give them a second way of doing it. They're more apt to do it, even though that's not libertarian.
0: Well, and it kind of goes on the world stage. It goes back to the, you know, an armed society is a polite society as well. And Mm. had had Ukraine had their own defenses beforehand, you know, NATO. and I don't I'm not wanting them in NATO, but say they had NATO style weaponry that was and they were able to adequately defend themselves. Russia is going to be a lot more hesitant to invade. Uh, same way, like with if Yemen had had a powerful defense, like uh, say Iran has, you know, they uh, the Saudis wouldn't uh, they wouldn't be carrying on this war for as long as they had either. And it's uh, so I mean, it's it's not a libertarian solution on on any front there, but it's it seems like a practical one, you know. And uh, what do you uh, mean by that? Well, I think it, it letting is,
1: people arm themselves is libertarian. How's how's that not libertarian? That sounds libertarian to me.
0: That part, I think so. Um, but it, it also goes back to the, the military-industrial complex being kind of this big evil thing. But also, as you said, it's not necessarily evil. It's just they uh, just want to sell on. weapons.
1: Yeah, and what I'm saying is as long as they're selling things, yeah, we, we as they should be selling things on the open market like anybody else does. Our mm-hmm. military-industrial complex allows them to not compete. Yeah, and that's my point, right? Then not—it's not a free market. If it was yeah. a free market now selling weapons, okay, sell weapons. But our current system—this is not a free market. It's the American government deciding where to fight and then who to buy weapons from, mm-hmm. and then the the companies just bribe the officials so that they give them the contracts. That's not a well, free market. What I'm no, saying is it, and- open it up to a free market. I don't mind you buying or selling weapons as you see fit, but you yeah. shouldn't be buying the weapons because what most we don't get. I'll go one step further a lot of foreign aid is people are against. It's just a jobs program. So what mm-hmm. happens in country a, we decide to give country a um, $50 billion in foreign aid. Okay, great. It's $50 billion. They take 10 billion and they pay off all their local cronies, all their local warlords. And then they take 40 billion and they buy weapons from us. So we are yep. basically, it's just a jobs program. Yeah. Well, okay. I accept that as true. If you want to get rid of, of the foreign aid i agree but then let these people sell into other countries so we don't lose all our jobs
0: mm-hmm. yeah i no, i agree it, it makes sense and and like i said it allows these smaller countries to uh to to, to be able to arm themselves defend themselves Agreed. and competition spurs innovation too 100%. and uh because that that's one thing we've really noticed is like they've the military industrial complex has created some really cool shit over the years. Sure. not wrong. And, but if you look at like the F 35, that plane has been in production for how long? And it's, it's, (laughs) I mean, and it it doesn't even, doesn't even work. And, and you're just like, man, if they had to make that thing work, they would make it work. They've got the, they've got the smartest people. They got the most money in the world. If they had to do it, they could make it work, but they don't have to. The government's gonna buy it anyways so
1: correct that's my point it's not a free yeah. market
0: that's exactly right.
1: my point you're, you're reading me perfectly if, so i don't mind kind of people non- doing that but i want a free market
0: you're you're using a a non-libertarian solution to get to a free a freer market correct and, yes and and it's it's kind of the devil's in the details like what's what's the long-term deal and uh and i i like it and I, I'm at I, I'm at the point in my life I think either every country on earth should have nukes or no country on earth should have nukes because it's the ultimate deterrent. And um and but the reality and, of
1: it is no no, I I I, I want to go one step further. This is also, in my view, is a libertarian answer. Countries should have nukes if they want to have nukes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Some countries don't want it, they don't want that responsibility, they don't want that they would rather have a treaty with somebody else. That's fine. Mm. I don't have a problem with that. You should you should defend your nation as you see fit, right. if, Like, look, the Japanese did a great job. The Japanese mm. spend hardly any money on their defense, right? And they just keep some bases in their country, which they help pay for, so they don't have to have a nuclear arsenal. A nuclear yeah. arsenal is both expensive in dollars, expensive in upkeep, and Japanese people, for obvious reasons, do not like nuclear weapons. <laughs> so now yeah. you all, so now you also got your population going. What are you doing? Putting nukes in our land. Haven't we learned our lesson before? Like, so you have all those problems. So the Japanese Mm. like, no, 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 we'll just have a deal with the us. We don't want nukes. So I think each country should defend itself as it sees fit, whatever that is.
0: Well, and, and going back to like the founding documents and arguments, um, you know, uh, like you can go back to Washington's farewell address when he says, don't, don't get in entangling alliances, particularly in Europe. And, and I think yes. that's you know, looking over the course of of history, the treaty with the Japanese was a great deal. Like I, that mutual defense there. I I don't really have much of an issue with it. Um, Yo, know, Europe has brought us Stalin, Hitler, all the all the Eastern year Eastern Bloc puppets, Franco, Mussolini, like. Europe doesn't have a great track record in the in the 20th century, you know, and
2: not, leg- not like the
1: Asians have done any better.
0: No, that's true. That's true. They brought, us, uh, they
1: brought us Mao. I mean, Pol Pot. Pol
0: Pot. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, it's not like they've done much better.
0: That's what true. I'm saying that's is true. Just
1: because I, I think America should be in no defense treaties. But just mm-hmm. because I say that doesn't mean other countries won't. Many right. countries love having treaties. Right? Yeah. Do you think the British Empire wouldn't love to use its nuclear umbrella as a way to grow its empire again? Of course. They oh, would. you
0: know they would. Uh, they would the love Brits to like, love... make a
1: deal with Singapore or something and say, "We'll nuke people in defense if you give us some special trade deal or let us fly your flag over your country or some shit." Of course, they would do that. Yeah. And you know what? Let them. Yeah, it's fine.
0: Yeah, they they can do their own thing. I. One hundred percent. Yeah. I, it's it's amazing how quickly we went back to being real friendly with the the brits after after the revolution you know it's uh they uh another another country doesn't have a real great track record in the in long scheme of things but um no it, it's um it's a crazy crazy world we live in today but i i think there's there's light at the end of the tunnel i think there's always light at the end of the tunnel um
1: The the question is, and here here is our biggest problem before with you. Mm -hmm. People are in trouble, you know it. You talk about farmers, they're in trouble too. Mm -hmm. People in the city, we're all in trouble. The problem we have is there's basically three different types of people trying to give an answer. Mm -hmm. The left, the right, libertarians. Who actually has an answer? Sadly, the left does. Yeah. It's a terrible answer. It's more government and socialism. That's their answer. Mm -hmm. It's a bad answer, but it's an answer. Uh-huh. And when and- you're in trouble, people take any hand that they can get. It's why so many people shift left when they're in trouble, because the left does have an answer. The right's answer often is bootstraps, cut taxes. That's their answer: bootstraps, mm-hmm. cut taxes. And shall if you're not in be trouble, infringed. Yeah. Yes, you don't want to hear that when you're in trouble. When you're right. in trouble, you want to hear, "I care about you, equality." Oh, the left message sounds really good when you're in trouble. So people vote oh, towards the left. Sounds great.
0: Yeah. It's um it's it's really wild when uh, so I, I grew up um uh, about a about a half hour from what's been determined like the the geographic center of the Dust Bowl back in the day. My grandpa farmed there and, and it's it's right. a, a tough place to live. I can Those imagine. new deal those new deal policies um like they they cut right to the heart of uh of work in America it was uh mm. everybody wants a job and so it was a government right. job but at least they were working you know and that, that 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 yes there there was something to that mentality that that still made a man a man because it's yep. it's a government job but i'm i'm working for my money yep and Agreed. uh and, and they were terrible policies but the messaging was on point 100% uh, and and it uh there was a whole generation of of uh just New Deal Democrats in very very conservative part of the world. Yep, and they they still they still I mean that 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 bled through um and you know in my generation as well like there's uh like there the the whole farming community like particularly since like the seventies I mean they're all on the big government tip. Like there, there's, yeah. it's all so subsidized. Um, I mean, there, there's, there's farmers that, I mean, it almost makes them angry that they have to go harvest a crop rather than just collecting an, an insurance payment on it. You know, they, ha- they have to actually break out the combine and, and go through the the motions of harvest and you say, well, you're, 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 they're actively hoping for their crops to fail, you know? And, yep. and, th- and that's what, that's what the subsidy program has led to. You know, uh, we, we saw it in the, the early days of the the pandemic where it was something like 50,000 hogs that they had to just put down because they had no processing capacity. And you're like, there has got to be a better way than just slaughtering 50,000 pigs that, that aren't going, I'm right. going to be consumed, like have a fire sale, like, I, I have a I, fire I, sale. I like that. You know, I I I work with uh, majority Mexican uh, Mexican guys that I that I've worked mm-hmm. with and have for most of my professional career, and I guarantee you, and and people can say it's prejudiced or racist to say it or whatever, but I, you, if you put a flyer up in the Mexican community and say like hogs are fifty bucks a piece, like man, everybody's going to be having a, a quinceanera that weekend. <laughs> there are going to be so many damn parties and, and uh, who cares if, if, if your only other choice is to just put them down and throw them in a hole, let get, let somebody get some use from them. And well, the, the,
1: the problem you have is, you know what you, you hit it perfectly, right? There are two parts you hit perfectly. The first one was when we were in trouble, the only answer that people could hear was here comes government to write you a check. Yeah. Now, that does seem good when you're in trouble. And I agree. Look, if I was in trouble, I would have taken a check too. I'm not mm-hmm. sitting here high and mighty like I wouldn't have taken a check. I would have taken it too. Yep. I'm in trouble. I got to feed my family. Here's a government job. I'm taking the job. I'm just being forward. I think most people would do that, right? We got to yep. feed our families, pay our bills. I'm not mad at somebody for that. I get it. Our problem is our society, our culture didn't have another answer. That's the problem. We had no other answer. That was the one that was there. That's the one that people took. But here's the problem with government. Government programs never end. So once they're there, they now control you. What I would say is what I've been talking about forever. There should be sunset laws on rules on every single law, on every single program, and that should be six years. Every Mm -hmm. single law, every single program ends in six years unless it is redone completely. It ends in six years, done. If people know that they can act accordingly, societies can step up. The problem is once you've been in a government team for a certain period of time, that becomes your culture. That becomes yep. who you are, that's how you work. I see it in rural and I also see it in urban communities. You gave you made a valid point, your point was, well, look, I'd rather not even work, I'd rather just get my check. Imagine, yeah. if, and this hap- has happened now for generations in certain parts of many cities, Certain areas, and also now in certain uh, rural areas, in the, in the quote, trailer park areas, if you know what I mean, the the poor white areas and the poor black areas. You now have a generation of people who are now raised and they've never seen their parents go to work. Like they've never seen it. That's never happened. They've never watched their parents go to work. Imagine how you would be as a human being now, and when watching or listening to this, if you had never seen not only your parents go to work, but you never saw your uncles and aunts go to work. you never saw your grandparents go to work. If you never experienced people getting up in your family and going to work, yeah how would you think about it? How would you act? How would you feel? There is now a generation, uh, a, a chunk of our uh, this generation now that has gone through that. yeah, and that's because the government has said you don't have to. It's yeah. not required. And now socialists who are all about this have said, see, why Why go work for the man? That's capitalist. Capitalism is bad. Capitalism is exploitative. Capitalism destroys you. That's what they all yeah. will tell you. Meanwhile, laying on your ass, not doing anything, that's destroying
0: you. Right. Yeah, it's. Yeah, you, you have no sense of purpose either. And that's why. Yes. And, and then so, so then they get wrapped up in these left wing ideologies because that's the only purpose they have in life. And a hundred percent. Yeah, it's 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 really crazy. And it's. Uh, I don't so know. It, our it,
1: job has to be to give them other answers. Our mm-hmm. job, if we want to change, is to give them another answer. And someone might say, Larry, it's not my job to give someone else an answer. Okay, it doesn't have to be. But then you're going to watch all your neighbors turn to socialists, right? -hmm. That's your other option. And if you're okay with that, no worries. You're okay with that. You're not required to. That's absolutely true. I'm saying it is my opinion you should. That's all I'm saying. My opinion is you should. You don't have to. If you don't want to, great. You're going to watch all your neighbors become socialists. I see it in New York City all the time. New York City right now is six to one Democrat to Republican, six to one, mm-hmm. and it's getting worse. It's getting worse.
0: Yeah, uh, you know it, it was funny when when we met there at in Memphis. I, I had, I'd spent a little bit of time in, in New York City, and <clears throat> I mean, I, I graduated. It's an amazing
1: with... place to visit, guys. If anyone listening, a great. I wouldn't live here. I do live here, and I regret it. You don't know to yeah. live here, but visiting. <laughs> is amazing it's a great oh it's place awesome to visit.
0: yes there's a reason it was it's still considered one of the the, the greatest cities that the world has ever seen but 100 I, I i graduated with a class of 19 people it Was in, in a town of about 400 people i think total um little bitty like less less than a speck there on were my, more uh, people yeah. in
1: my graduating class than in your entire town
0: <clears throat> yeah exactly and <laughs> yes one of the one of the craziest things i can remember like the first time i saw like um a crosswalk light change and, and just like hundreds of people at the same time crossing the street if not right. if not thousands you know in both directions and you're, i just i just remember thinking to myself like where do all these people go like what do they do where right. and, and it's just wild you know because i you know i i'd go I'd I'd turn out of the driveway at home and, and I'd say, Well, there's there's Terry. He's headed down south to check his cows. And and you know, there's only a handful of people that you'd see every day and, and you know mm, what you knew right. what they were where they were going and whatnot. Right. And then yeah, just one crosswalk in our, uh, you know, street corner in New York and there might be two thousand people that cross all at at the same time and you know, it just blew my mind. I was I don't even know where I don't know anybody there. But let alone, what, what the hell are they doing? Where? What do they something, do for something a Something to
1: remember here, right? In New York City, and again, New York City is the largest city in America by far. It's not even close, mm-hmm. right? By far. It's twice, it's more than twice as big as Los Angeles, the second largest city that we have. That's mm-hmm. how big the city is. The metro area has about 16 million people in it. So just New York City with 8 million has more people than about 40 states. Yeah. There, there are more people in the Bronx than there are in Wyoming. Mm. Like that, right. That's, that's, and that's just one out of five boroughs that we have. We have five boroughs yeah. in the city. That's one Brooklyn. Our largest borough has 2.3 million people in one borough. And there are some parts of Manhattan that density is 30 to 40,000 people per square mile. Oof. That's correct. Wow. We literally live on top of each other. Yes. yes. Everything you said is true. Yes.
0: But I, I also think for for guys like me and, and, and people that that grew up in uh in, in rural America, like <clears throat> I think it's important to go to New York City. I think it's important to go yes. into Chicago, LA and and see how the majority No, no, of no, no is.
1: Chicago, no LA, New York City.
0: <laughs> other cities.
1: There's only I, uh, I, I'm gonna be a little biased here. There's three cities you should go to, and this is why I'm gonna be biased, if I may. If I may. New York. All right. Boston, Philly, those are the okay. three. Why? Because those are old East Coast cities that existed in the 1600s.
0: Port cities too.
1: Yes, and there's are cities that existed in the 1600s. They were all part of our of our um, of Revolutionary War. They all have a rich history of America in it. You can all get the real rich history of America in those three cities: Boston, mm-hmm. New York, Philly. If you want to do a tour of urban America my my totally biased view is those three cities new york number 1 new york alexander hamilton's is 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 literally buried here right yeah. you can see wall street which is where the wall was when the dutch still owned it it was new amsterdam that's a mm-hmm. new york city Ellis island statue of liberty empire yes. state building I, I, that's all new york city we it's an old city with an old history boston too and philly but they're not as cool as new york city so i know i'm biased But I think everybody should go visit these cities. The UN is even in New York, right? Yeah. We don't realize in New York City, one third of people born in New York City aren't born in the country. I'm sorry, in New York City, aren't born in New York City, aren't born in the country. One third of people in New York City also aren't born in New York City. So most people who are in New York City aren't from New York City. Yeah. It's very common for us to say, where are you from? Because we assume you're not from here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's... uh and it's crazy like the this the sheer amount of different languages you hear walking down the yes. street in in New York as well it's uh yes. it's an amazing place i i'd never want to live there but i i haven't i haven't been last time i was in new york was um it was a month to the day before the the planes hit the towers cuz i was on wow. i can't i can't remember which tower i was on the top of but it was like it was uh it was august 11th of 01 uh, i was so on, at the top of it the before North they went center. down yeah no. yeah so i'm i'm yeah. like, I'm glad i did but it, boy that was a creepy feeling when uh when i saw him hit i was like "Ooh, i was just there you know <laughs> i was yep. just there yeah and uh it it was it's crazy but um no i i think i think it's an amazing city i've never had a chance to go to boston i've been i've been down the the east coast a little bit and up uh, up to massachusetts but i've never been to boston never been to philly but uh i've heard yes. the same thing from
1: yes it's Philly has a lot of a lot of great history, also particularly Revolutionary War history. Mm. A lot of it, right? Ben Franklin was there. It was our first capital was Philadelphia, right? So it's you know the content of the Congress was in Philadelphia. So there's a lot of very interesting stuff in Philly too for those people who like history or things like that. And the old town is still very much similar to what it was back then. So it, there's a lot of cool things in Philly.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. I guess we got uh, about twenty minutes left here. Uh, before I let you go, I'm sorry, we um, didn't
1: talk about farms at all. We're sitting there yapping about stuff, brother. I'm sorry. I am know. You're it, it, off
0: topic. I, you know, it's it's all right. And I was going to say before we do get out of here, I wanted to hear kind of your your platform as uh, when you were running for governor. Are, are you planning on running again?
1: I'm going to try to get ballot access for the party in 2024 because New York State decided that we don't deserve to be a party anymore. So they got rid of my party status. So that's um, oh. yes. <laughs> common thing, right? For those who are listening or watch, you don't know, Democrats and Republicans have completely rigged the system against third parties that there's no tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. parties are not in the constitution. They are literally not there. Whatever the parties are doing right now is literally unconstitutional. And there's not a judge who would say that's true. They'll just ignore it and go, no, because they're all part of the same system. Nothing they're doing is correct. In fact, what people don't realize is they didn't use to print ballots. That wasn't the thing. You walked in on a sheet of paper, wrote down who you voted for, and put it in the ballot box. You could vote for anybody. There was no such thing as it being on a ballot, and you could only check this person, and it was only counted if it was an official party. That shit's made up by parties. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be able to vote for whoever you want to vote for, however you want, and your vote counts. Those Mm -hmm. days are long gone, so forget that. But anyway, my point being, I'm going to try to get ballot assets in 2024 so I can run again in 2026. Uh, The Republican Party sued me off the ballot in 2022 so I couldn't get on. And in 2020, the Democratic Party threw me off, destroyed my party. So both sides screwed me over. The Democrats destroyed me in 2020. Republicans destroyed me in 2022. So Mm. I get equal opportunity smacked. But let me bring up, if I could, the issue that I bring up with farmers in New York State. Several things I want to do to to help farmers in New York State. Because you brought up farmers. The Mm. first one is I want to create a law. That is actually right now in Wyoming, if I'm not mistaken. It's a law that states that if you want to sell your product or service only in New York State, you are immune from all federal regulatory bodies. We should do that for all businesses, and we should treat small farms like businesses in every way. The state should recognize a farm as a small business. Mm -hmm. They should title it as such. Why? Why? Now they can get SBA loans, they can get investment a lot easier, makes everything easier than most farmers having to put their farm up uh, for collateral and then lose their farm in five or 10 years. And Mm. in New York State, you have a lot of farms that have literally been, you know, in a family for six or seven generations, sometimes longer. And then all of a sudden those get lost. No, like businesses allow them to do that. Why does that matter? Number one, it then allows them to sell their products on a farm stand if they want to. And in New York State, that's a thing. People drive to New York State and want to buy farm-fresh products. They Mm -hmm. want to buy raw milk, which legally you can't do in New York State, right? But you should be able to. Why not? I don't care. Are you selling across borders? No. Then why do I care about federal regulations? As long as you label your product as raw milk and people know it's raw milk, if you want raw milk, drink it. I don't care. Who am I to tell Mm -hmm. you what kind of milk to drink, right? Not just that. It it, it assists with farm-to-table. Now yep. our farmers can have direct connections with restaurants to directly connect farm to table without anyone being involved. Not just that. You mentioned the idea of pigs being slaughtered. You know, if you're a farmer, the, the federal government decides who slaughters what, how they slaughter them, by what mm-hmm. price, all that stuff. Well, if you're just gonna sell in New York State, that doesn't bother you. If you want to slaughter your pigs your own way, you want to slaughter them at a local a local butcher, you do what you want. You don't have to now compete with the big farmers, the big mechanical farmers across New York State. They're killing us small farmers. They're forcing farmers who don't want to become Monsanto farmers to become Monsanto farmers because they can't survive without becoming a Monsanto farmer. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not against you choosing to be a Monsanto farmer. That's on you. You do you. But I don't want to make it to where you have no choice. Right. That's my issue. If you choose to do that, I'm fine with that. But that should not be your only choice. And it's becoming people's only choice. But I'm still not done. We should allow them, particularly in New York, we are a huge dairy in New York. Dairy is massive in New York State. Mm -hmm. And right now, our dairy farmers are price takers and not price makers because the federal government buys all the goddamn milk for the price the federal government decides. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily against that, again, as long as that's optional. Right now, it really isn't. I want our local dairy people to be able to act as small businesses and to make craft items like craft yogurts and craft cheeses and you know whatever craft milk product craft ice creams whatever whatever the farmer wants to make and now mm-hmm. they can make these products now you might go Larry wow a lot of farmers don't want to do that no worries only some will and whatever farmers decide to do that that's less milk on the market which means by default a higher price for those people who want to be price takers so the price takers will get more because the price will go up and the price makers will decide to sell, you know, whatever, ice cream or or, or milk, I mean, raw milk, or whatever they want to sell. I, I, again, I'm the governor. I don't decide what you sell. It's your farm. Sell what you want yeah. to do. But it's the second piece on top of this. It allows farms to be treated like businesses. So now families will stay together. Very often when it comes to farming families, you find people within the family not wanting to be a farmer, which is fine. Everybody wants to be a farmer. Someone wants to be an operations person or a marketing person or something, or HR person. Great. If the farm is a business, you can keep your family members there doing other things that are business-like and not farm-like. You can now expand as your family needs to expand. I'm, Mm -hmm. by default, supporting the family. I'm hopefully keeping people on the farm because now, say, Johnny doesn't want to be a farmer. Okay, Johnny, what do you want to do? I want to sell stuff. Great. We're making craft cheeses. Go sell it. Oh, okay, great. Johnny goes over and sells the craft cheeses. Who cares? Whatever. Now I'm keeping them on on my farm.
0: Yeah. So and kind of along those same terms, um, I interviewed this. uh, He's a history professor from Chicago, and he's 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 a Chicago guy, just like you're a a New York guy. He's, you know, he's a child of uh, or I guess the grandson of uh, Polish immigrants that, that, you know, came over in the in the early early 20th century. And and he wrote a really excellent book on the Union stockyards and how how it, it put like that—that that act alone really put Chicago on the world map. Was was mm. the, the the packing industry and and the stockyards, yeah. And um and it also created like this this really unique bond between rural and urban because your rancher would have to follow his cattle into Chicago yes. or Kansas City or Fort Worth or wherever the big the big city, and they'd have to sell their cattle at the you know to to the different buyers and now you know it's a it's a completely different market and i'm not saying it's all bad uh i think there's there's a lot of there's something really impressive about being able to 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 kill and and butcher you know 5000 head of cattle a day there's something really impress- impressive about that but it's also it's just as it's like any corporation the bigger it gets you know just like the the less of a soul it has to it you know it's just like it becomes more just numbers based and, yeah, um, but again,
1: to be forward, Matt, I'm not against that idea. I'm against when it becomes a monopoly and the only option.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's what exactly it's be- right.
1: It's becoming that, right? right? And there's a lot of people, and I know this. I live in New York City. I know there are people who literally are looking what's organic, what's mm-hmm. what's from a local farm, and they will pay the extra dollars it takes happily, eagerly to make sure their stuff is locally taken care of and organically. But that's mm-hmm. so hard. That should be easier. And that's my point. Look. Does the Will the average person care about whether something is locally grown or organic? No, the average person doesn't. They go to Walmart and they buy whatever's there. That's fine. Again, no don't mind. But there is absolutely a market for oh, people yeah. who want to support local farmers. I see it upstate New York. I see it in a, an example I'll give you is breweries. New mm-hmm. York State got smart and finally said, we're going to stop hammering our alcohol industry. We're going to let the breweries do some stuff. There are local breweries in New York State that, that they make all their money, almost all from New Yorkers. New Yorkers who literally go to a bar and say, I can get my, you know, whatever, my Coors Light for X dollars, or I can drop two extra dollars to get a local beer. I'll take the local beer. I want the local beer. Mm -hmm. And they pay an extra dollar or two for a beer because it's local. And they do it all the time because they want to. There is a market for that. There absolutely is.
0: Well, and they'll – A lot of those breweries and stuff, they will whether it's a sales pitch or not, or if they truly mean it, but they'll tell you why it's better than Coors Light. And yes, if they're good enough, they make you want to drink it anyways, you know. And and so, like, I'm a big fan of like local coffee shops, local breweries, uh, all that. And and I'm I'm a rural guy, you know. I, I I yeah, it was a big thing. We lived an hour and a half from the nearest Walmart, so like it was kind of a big thing when you went to town to to even go to Walmart. Like uh, sure. getting K- KFC was a treat for us, you know, and that that's sure, yeah, you know, that's like one of the shittiest fast foods out there. But for us, it was an hour and a half to, and and when my mom would bring home a bucket of of KFC, like that was a pretty cool evening for for us. And, uh but also we had steak four or five times a uh, a week because uh, we we raised <laughs> sure. our own beef too, and, <laughs> right, and so right, it's, right, 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 right. That was it when is. I went to to college. When I'd go home, and then I'd I'd bring back a, a cooler full of beef that we raised. And my and my city roommates were like, "Oh, this is this is kind of awesome." And I'm like, well, you can buy some, you know, like that. We, we, <laughs> yes. We've always right, got right, cattle. Right, right, right. We you can always we can always buy or sell some to you. And and that that was one of the really cool things that that come about uh, due to the pandemic, or I guess in spite of the pandemic. But it was in it was spite the of the Like that, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was all kind of spurred by this this disaster that we had. But all of a sudden, the meat cases are empty. And um, we got this little deal called social media. And there's a bunch of farmers and ranchers like, hey, I got beef. I got pork. (laughs) Yes, I got chicken, you know, and and that was one of the better things that could have ever happened uh, to the to the the agriculture community, whether I mean. It was obviously a bad deal, uh, the the whole pandemic thing. But no,
1: no, I get it. But there were some silver linings. I think you're right. There were right. Some, there were, a-
0: and saying. it and it like there was there was a little bit of uh, of co- of uh, commingling of urban and rural there for for uh, for a slight a slight minute. And you're know, like, that's not a bad thing. Like uh, you know, we don't have to understand each other completely. But correct. Th- like um. I don't know I always use this this scenario uh uh like growing up for me, we didn't have any black people where we lived. Like mm-hmm. when when you saw somebody from southeast Colorado see a black person in, in real life for the first time, it's it's pretty easy to go like, oh, that's a racist son of a bitch. And like there's no it wasn't <laughs> racist, it's just like it was like seeing you know, a zebra at the zoo for the first time, you know, it's kind of, kind of the same. Cause you're like, Oh, that actually black people do exist. You know, I've only ever right. saw them on TV and w- who we knew black people were athletes, rappers yep. and thugs. That's all we saw on TV. And that's the only, only thing we knew about the, about the black, the black community in general was uh, what we saw on TV. And, and so overall, it wasn't a good it wasn't a great look that they that that they give African-American black folks on on the on the national media. But I know a ton of those same people that once once they actually got around other cultures, they're like, oh, they're just people, you know, different people. But, but they're, In, they're, they're integration, just integration.
1: Voluntary integration is the answer for everything. No yeah. question. It's why, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking about public housing, right? Public housing in most states is a disaster. There's some states, states who do it decent, but no yeah. one does it well. Some do it decent. Most are terrible. New York cities um, are terrible. I mean, they're embarrassingly terrible. So what I was saying is you want to shift this into a rent-to-own concept, where that oh. every public housing is shifted into rent-to-own. What do I do? I now encourage private companies to create rent-to-own properties in the public housing sector. Why? Because if I do that, when they sell it, New York State will take that company that bought it and say, when, you, when, when it's totally sold, all the money that comes out, no taxes. Mm-hmm. No taxes if it's public housing, rent to own. People go, wait a minute, you're now giving a tax break to the wealthy. No, I'm paying the wealthy to give housing to people. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. So the wealthy are now building houses and taxpayers aren't. That's mm-hmm. what I want. So I give them a break so they build housing. Why does that matter? Because when poorer people start owning homes, several things happen. Some of them won't want to own. That's fine. It's voluntary. Some will. As they begin to own, those people get an ownership mindset. Huh, maybe I could own something else. Maybe I should do this. They'll start passing their wealth down. All those things are happening. But not just that. They may decide to sell their home and move to a better place. They may decide to rent their place out. They may decide not to. Mm -hmm. Gentrification goes away. Gentrification is only a problem for renters. It's not a problem for owners. Owners love gentrification. So now Mm -hmm. if I'm an owner, gentrification comes in, the value of my home now is going up. Do I want to sell it? Do I want to rent it? Do I want to Airbnb it? I can make decisions on what I want to do. But what winds up happening is now different people own, different people stay, different people sell, and you begin to integrate not only by ethnic background, but also by socioeconomic background. You have to integrate. Mm -hmm. As people integrate what you said is exactly true, they become normalized, right? The reason why people don't like this group or that group because they haven't met this group or that group, Mm -hmm. right? But now you start meeting these people. Oh, okay. Yeah, they speak a little different than me, but man, they're just like me. They have the same problems, issues, concerns, worries. They got paid their bills. They got family problems like I do. All the same thing. They just speak differently because they have a different ethnic background. That's
0: it. It's it's one of the funniest things is you'll hear some old cowboy be like, I had this Korean barbecue the other day. Man, you would not (laughs) believe, you know, it's just, it's little, little things like that. And you're like, that guy probably doesn't have the same views on race that I do, but he's a, like just something like that. You're like, yeah, get out and experience the world a little bit. And, uh, and and you just, you see that like people are just people. There's, good and shitty people regardless of class Absolutely. race and everything and um and i and still in the long run we just want to be better
1: all of us right. just want to be better
0: hmm that's it so, and i uh did you watch that mock trial where they put open borders on trial uh at, i at didn't Freedom see Fest? that now it was um it was pretty interesting and and i'm still i'm not really on I I get the the open borders argument with a huge caveat. Like yeah, I I agree with them with a huge caveat that you can't have a welfare system if you're going to have open borders, but it's um I I work in a in a not so glamorous part of the the agriculture world. I'm a feedlot cowboy sure. and you know. And uh I can tell you that Mexicans aren't taking your jobs because
1: No, no, I I know that. Yes,
0: Mexicans are the ones show up. I have a similar
1: situation. I have a similar situation here in New York City, but it's not in the farming industry; it's in the hospitality and restaurant business. Mm -hmm. Same concept.
0: Yeah. Well, who shows up to get that job? It's poor immigrants. That's that's the way it's always been. You know, the way it's always been is uh, is yeah, the poor immigrants. uh, They take the jobs that that uh, the. You know, the Americans that have been here for a while. Don't don't want. They just 100% they, true. they uh, they're not taking that job unless it comes down to, you know, the their their last option. But there there's always that government option. So they don't take the they don't take the shitty job that nobody wants. But, you know, Pedro or Mohammed or or somebody else will take it. And uh, because they, and they, they know what the real I've, poverty looks like.
1: The point I've brought up in the past is w- we. We make a we make a, a dichotomy that doesn't exist. We say, "What well, do you want? Open borders or not?" That's insanely dumb. That's not the right way of looking at it. You mm-hmm. can have vibrant immigration and a secure border. You can do both. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I know that? Because i have going to come up with a plan. I've had it for five years. No one picks it up because they don't want to solve the problem. But mm-hmm. they want to do a wedge do issue. Is, Bingo! Keep it a wedge issue. How do I fix it? Let me tell you what the plan is. We need to have two Ellis Islands on the southern border. Both of these Ellis Islands are private companies. All the government does is lease the land. That's all the mm-hmm. government does. The government leases the land, says private company, you control it. What kind of company? A recruiting company. There are tons of them. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. They already know how to do it. They literally create a large facility that can, ha- that can house thousands upon thousands of people. I'm not joking. They just build it. They can build it. If we let them go, they'll build it in a year.
0: Have, built, have, the, have the Mirage build, build it, you know? Have, yes. have one of those casinos make it.
1: Whatever. It could be done. They'll knock it yeah. out in a year. So now what does that mean? If you want to come to our country legally, go to the Ellis Islands. One of them. You pick the one you want to go to. Two separate companies. So if one company's bad, they'll go to the other one. This one won't make any money. It'll go under. The market forces will affect it, right? So you make sure mm-hmm. that you have two separate companies. People go there. And then they bet you. Do you have a disease? Are you a criminal? Whatever the case may be. You're not? Great. You say that for whatever is the appropriate time, 14 days, 21 days, whatever the time is. I don't care what it is. They keep you there. Then they give you an orange card and you they can go to any state that opts. It. If a state wants to opt out, they may. I don't know what state would opt out. It'd be stupid. But if they want to, they can. The state can opt out if it wants to. Otherwise, it goes to a state where they want to work and they get a two-year visa to their work. Now they can pay their taxes. They're legal for two years. There are two rules for this. Number one, they may, they may not take any form of public assistance. And two, they must check in every two years. That's actually from DACA rules, believe it or not. Keep those same mm-hmm. rules that we're working at for DACA. Keep those rules here now. Then that works. If the person takes any um, a, a public assistance, gone. They don't check yep. in, in two years, gone. But here's the good thing. You now can create a rule or for them to get some form of green card. Is that a 10-year plan, a 15-year plan? I don't care what the plan is. You make a plan for citizenship eventually, I, whatever that plan mm-hmm. is. They have to pass a test or whatever. I don't care. Come up with a thing. The check in five times in a row for 10 years and show they haven't got a criminal record. We pick the rules. Now, why does that matter? Because one of the biggest problems people say is, well, Larry, they're skipping the line. It's a separate line. The private company's doing it. So the company's making money off of this. They're making money like recruiters do for placing. So taxpayers mm-hmm. aren't paying any dollars. They're making money with all the extra services. Oh, you want an extra orange card? You want a green card? You want test prep so that you can pass your citizen test? They get all the money from people paying to get that. They make money on that system. Now, let me keep going further. That means that people who are here illegally could literally go, you know what? I'm going to get legal. You don't yep. have to come from the country. You could just be someone in Philadelphia and go, you know what? I'm going to go get legal. I'm tired of being illegal. They can go to these places also. You can open up multiple Ellis Islands. You can start to Alcatraz. legalize our in- – yes, turn Alcatraz in the one. Perfect. You could literally ter- have people voluntarily legalize themselves. Now, why does that matter? There are bad people crossing the border. There are bad people in our country right now. Mm. There are bad people. Those people exist. But guess what? None of them will go to the Ellis Islands because they're bad people. So now the current people that we have on the border who are playing babysitter could instead be going after the bad guys and catching them. And I'll go one step further. Those that are already here, we can't catch them. We don't have enough time, money, or energy to catch them. And why? Because they're sitting in little little enclaves of other people who are undocumented and illegal. They're not going to tell on them. But what if all of a sudden half of people are legal? Well, they can just call the cops for help. So now when the cops come by and say, hey, good Pablo, where's bad Pablo? Right now he runs away because he's scared. But once Mm legal, he goes, oh, bad Pablo, he's right there, go get him, cops. Now we can go get bad Pablo. We can catch the bad guys and keep the good people and work here legally paying taxes without going to public assistance. You could absolutely do that. You could start that within a year. We won't ever do it.
0: And honestly, it's like the best scenario of a self looking ice cream cone for that company because you never have a problem of staffing your facility because you have a wave of migrants that maybe it's Constantly. Only, you know, and, and maybe they're only there for two weeks. But guess what? They're If it's all like lower level jobs, you don't have to really train them. And, and it's a good deal for them because they can work it off their bill and they don't have to go to a coyote who might sell them in the sex trafficking.
1: Yes, absolutely, and that's my point. People say, "How are they going to pay for it?" They're paying coyotes now. Yeah, don't pay the coyote.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right? and and, uh, and a company with a well-run, efficient uh, facility like that, they can undercut the shit out of the coyotes. Hundred percent,
1: absolutely yeah. true.
0: Yeah, and and when they walk out of there, they can they can meet with an immigration official right there with their folder of all the shit that's been vetted by the by a company it's i, I it seems like a great solution um yes uh will and again, it again I've, I've been
1: talking about it for literally five years
0: yeah i remember yeah. i remember hearing it on, i forget which podcast uh i first heard it on but i was like that's a it's a really good idea and you know if you're you're probably still gonna have these bureaucrats around well do your job and you can tour these facilities. And if they're not doing yeah. something wrong, you can, you can find the shit out of them.
1: Absolutely. You know, revoke 100%. their
0: lease and, and give their facility to somebody else. You know, it's percent. Uh, it keeps authorized, authorized uh, authorize
1: more leases for more companies yeah. to
0: compete. Exactly. And it keeps them honest. Like, yep. I, I think that that's, you know, I, I've never been able to go to full into the like full anarchy. Um, Mindset, because I, I think that's just as uh, much of a of a utopian idea as as communism or socialism. I, I think it's I'm a sure. better utop. It's a it's a better utopian idea, um, but I'm, I'm more of a Thomas Paine. Uh, you know, government at, in its best form is a necessary evil, and in its worst, uh, you know, unbearable tyranny. And I, but I, I think it is a necessary evil. I and I, and what made me not even a necessary. I think it's just in. in an inevitable evil is like governments will form well, I, whether well, I we think want you to have, or not. You,
1: you have to have a cultural change before mm-hmm. you could make anything else change. People, mo- I mean, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of libertarians will scream and yell about, you know, everyone hates taxes. And I'm like, that's not true. I live in New York city. There are a lot of New Yorkers and people across the country, but I know New Yorkers who mm-hmm. still believe that the only way to having a a good society, is through taxation. They can't imagine another answer. And it's our job to show them that there are other answers. And until we do that, they are always going to believe, no, 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 there's no other option. It's only taxes. They can't imagine anything else. And again, I say it all the time. We have to be better at getting them to understand that there are other options, other choices. We just haven't been that good at it before with you. We haven't been that good at it.
0: No, I I think that's right, and and no, you're you're hundred percent right that uh, people like tax. I mean, California votes new taxes upon themselves all the time, all the time. All the all time. The time. Yes, I, I I live about twenty minutes from the California border. Like we're we're on the border of good <laughs> California, where where it's just it's kind of normal. <laughs> people. I like that. Um, but like you know, like even on, if you get in, listen on the radio, you'll hear ads about California, or you know, it's like. On podcasts, even geolocated ads, so you'll you'll get a bunch of a bunch of political ads about this this new tax that's gonna solve everything and all, all and you solve lo- it all. Yeah, I listened to it. and I was like, God, how is anybody dumb enough to vote? But they do they vote. They, they do. overwhelmingly pass it every time. And it's like, well, I mean, the only thing I can think of is they actually believe that shit. And um, they do. <laughs> and how you make them not believe it? I don't know, but it's um yeah it, it's crazy that people people truly believe that that like taxes are like it's your civic duty, and I am yes mm, yeah.
1: and they and they can't imagine it, what they always say it's the price to pay for civilization. they can't imagine anything else yes
0: yeah i I know it, it and it's insane when you particularly when you look at the the states with with no uh, state income tax you know so nevada's yes. i mean that's a a big reason why I'm living in Nevada now. That's um, why I, was I, <laughs> I, uh, I was
1: thinking about going to Tennessee. I uh I Tennessee. I was
0: You know Memphis was pretty cool. I I really enjoyed Memphis. I, I like uh,
1: Chattanooga. That's kind of my spot. I
0: I've got a friend that nice lives spot. over there by uh like Knoxville, I think is where they're at. Yeah. They're they're from Vermont originally and they they just yep. moved to uh, to the Knoxville area. They are they are um starting a new homestead. Um nice. but a ton of people moved to uh, to Florida, like Vegas keeps getting bigger that which is i mean it's good and bad because um two-thirds of of uh nevada's population is in clark county vegas area and uh i had no idea yeah so yeah so the and and nevada's a big state uh geographically i mean it's it's huge and so there's a lot of people that just like i mean your vote don't mean a whole lot because it's just you're kind of it hinges on what what clark county is going to do and uh, and they're they're pretty pretty fickle. You know, it's uh it's a it's a blue collar town, but it's it's also a union town and uh and I'm not a, not opposed to unions actually. I think I think that's an untapped resource for a lot of uh like libertarian and and conservative movements is like they particularly the conservatives, you know, like the the Republicans make no no bones about it. They are anti-union. And and I'm not I'm not necessarily pro-union. Um but man it's a that's a powerful force in this country that that the uh, you know like the the right kind of the right of center people have uh like they they just wrote it off kind of kind of how they've wrote off the black community too like they're just like they're never gonna vote for us and I don't know, but I don't know you see see folks like you and maj Teray doing doing the lord's work and um you keep trying Maj said it best he's like you need the hood you need the hood and, yes. I, and that's That's true. I
1: always say something else, right? Remember, most of the country is left, Mm -hmm. right? Most of the country is left. There's more Democrats than Republicans. Most of the country is left. That's simply, that's the reality of it. If we cannot convert the left, we cannot change the country, Mm -hmm. which is why I spend so much time talking to the left. We have to convert the left. And my example that I think is the best one is another black person, Thomas Sowell.
0: Yeah, Thomas Thomas Sowell is amazing.
1: And he used to be a Marxist. Yeah. So he came from the left. And he's one of our best minds that we have in the liberty movement. And he was a Marxist. So look, the left can be converted. And the thing I say is people who, who hear that often can't believe it. Say, no, no. Remember, Thomas Sowell is brilliant. So how could a guy that smart be a Marxist? Because with the information and experience that he had, that made the most sense to him. Yeah until finally he got different experience and different information. And then he changed his mind because he's a smart, savvy guy. There are mm-hmm. lots of smart people who are Marxists because we haven't done a good enough job communicating our message to them. So they go, wait a minute, could I be wrong here? We have to do be better at that. I'm trying my best to be better at that. If we're better at that, we can turn the left. If we turn the left, we can change this country.
0: Right. And and so like there there was a we were on the verge of a huge ups strike here just uh i remember uh, yeah, like last week or something like that and um you know and that's one thing where like everybody uses ups everybody gets uh packages delivered from amazon via ups everybody does and uh and most people um Particularly in rural America, you have the same UPS guy every time, and I yep. like. I'm sure it's different in the cities, but I, I bet it's pretty similar because they in in the city,
1: one UPS route is one building.
0: Mm. Yeah, so you That's you how have the, big
1: the buildings are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes. And but the but entire it's route the,
1: is one building.
0: And, but I bet most of the time it's the same guy that delivers to that same it, building. You,
1: it, it is. It is often.
0: Yeah. So it, it's. Uh, and so, so like we know that we know our UPS guy or gal. Um, and one of the big sticking points in this this contract negotiation was air conditioning in the trucks. And you're I remember as a regular person, you're just like, All right, you assholes can put you can put an AC in your truck. Like that like you guys can afford that. I know you can. Mm-hmm. And and so like it, it makes sense. Like it, that's kind of one of the good things about the unions is they can they can get on a bullhorn and bitch about how they don't have AC in a truck and normal people no, like no, no, me. No, let me be like, very
1: clear. I'm not upset about unions at all. Unions are just the first amendment. They are, it's freedom of speech mm-hmm. freedom of association. What I don't like is when government monopolizes unions mm-hmm. and public sector unions who are yeah. actually negotiating, not with their own. You can fix public sector unions in a very simple way. There's two things to deal with, with, unions. One is the political, their, and it's really one thing, their political power. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. The political power is the problem. Now, mm-hmm. two pieces to deal with that. Number one, right now, a, a public sector union will negotiate with the governor or the mayor or the whatever. It's not the governor's money. It's not the mayor's right. money. They're on the same side. They're, they're bribing them for votes. That's insanely mm-hmm. stupid. With all our public money. sector union contracts should be settled by public referendum. Right. Negotiate with the people who you are serving. Those are your actual bosses. If you are mm-hmm. a public sector union, you go to the People go, Well, will the people screw them? Why would you? Half the people you know work for the government. You're not gonna yep. just screw them, you're gonna have an actual back and forth. People will probably still vote for most of the contracts, but not in negotiation mm-hmm. with the public, not the individuals. And his most best part, you don't you the union has no need to then buy the politician anymore? Mm-hmm. It takes that piece out. Second, you pass a very simple law in every state, and that is. You may only only donate money if you can vote. That's it. Yeah. What does that mean? Unions can't give money anymore. They yeah. can't pass because they can't vote. So you've taken now the political aspect out of unions and you only do what they're supposed to do, which is support the workers.
0: Collectively I'm totally bargaining. Fine with yeah. that.
1: Collective bargain, support your workers. You have a right to do so. Please do so. You should have no political power
0: right and and but like one of the big things is like you you uh like what where i think the union's important is it's like you can't like you said first amendment right like hey 100%. we're we're delivering your packages and we like it we like visiting with uh you know with miss smith down the down the hall or whatever you know we i like li- visiting with charlie when i pra- uh you know, i drive yep. way out of my way to to go drop off his one package a month or whatever Yep, and uh, I think old Charlie wants you to have some some air conditioning too, and so you'd be like, "Hey, uh like that's the cool thing." And you're like, "Hey, these this UPS deal is uh, they're screwing us, you know? Like I, it is hotter than hell in this truck, and I get it's it's a good way to. I don't know. It just seems like it's an untapped resource for for anybody right of center polit- politically. Well, the problem you know,
1: is, like, is is most unions are heavily left. Except yep. the police unions and correction officers unions. Most of them are heavily left. So if I gets the of time. Matt, I'm sorry to do this to you. I gotta run, brother.
0: No, that's all right. Well, I've t- I've kept you longer than uh, than I promised. But uh where, where can anybody find your stuff?
1: Check me out at Larry Sharp on all the interweb stuff, everything. I'm on YouTube, I'm on uh, Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on uh, everything or X, whatever it's called. I'm on yeah. all the things. Check me out at Larry Sharp, and that's Larry Sharp with an E, and the E stands for entertaining
0: hell yeah i enjoyed it uh very much so thanks uh thanks for uh your time i do appreciate it uh go check you bet go check out his stuff um if you want to support the show patreon.com slash burning daylight or go check out the the merch i got at burning-daylight.com once again larry thanks for your time thanks everybody for tuning in and uh move your ass we're burning daylight
2: Yeah now I live on billboard and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata. Still sipping my tide. Sitting courtside, nicks and Nets give me high five. Nigga, I be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I'm most definitely leave from. New with OG Pain to Wayne Way, three dice, Zilo, three card, Marley, Labor Day Parade, rest in peace, Bob Marley, Statue of Liberty, long live the world trade, long live the king, yo, I'm from the Empire State. That's- Are you blind? the church and came in for school, graduated to the highlight. Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight. empty in May got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient. New York. Hey.